If I look a little tired, if I have bags under my eyes, uh, the reason is that uh, maybe you know that we closed on the purchase of a home over off Madeira a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That, that house needed some work. My muscles are very sore right now. I, I like working at my desk. All right, I'm a pastor. I do pastory things. Uh, my hands hurt right now. Um, but one of the things, that house did need a lot of work, and I have been overwhelmed by the amount of extra help I've gotten by a whole group of men. I've counted at least 11 different guys who have come over to help out with stuff. They have given their sweat and their work, and they've given hours and hours of their time. It's been amazing. And I, I feel really overwhelmed with feelings of gratitude. And I feel like, gosh, I... I could never pay these guys back. I kind of need to work at all of your houses now for like days and days. Okay. Um, but I, I just, I find myself keep wanting to tell them, thank you. Thank you so much. I can't, it, it's been so meaningful, not only for the work that they've done, but even just their very presence there has been encouraging to me to keep going. Because at some point I kind of want to give up and just be like, it's okay if we live in a house without walls. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, really, it's okay. So, as I have thought about that over these last couple of weeks and how thankful I am to these men who have been doing that, it's made me think as well about how thankful I am to what Christ has done for me. Because that whole thing, I thought, I can't pay them back for this. I thought, well, oh my gosh, you think, Pastor, there might be some connections to your faith with Jesus? Yes, there are. It's, it's the right posture of a Christian life to live in such a way that we see ourselves as as, as thankful, grateful, living always in a, with a posture of gratitude toward God and what God is doing in our lives. Not only for the service that he rendered, to say, Christ, you died for me. I can never pay that back. I can't add anything to that. But also for what it means for our relationship with God. Because his presence in our life also means that he does love us. He wants us. He, he wants that connection with us. He wants to be with me. So the Bible tells us that, that the fruit, the right fruit of life in Christ, what that fruit looks like is the fruit of thankfulness. So to be thankful, or to say it another way, to, to be a Christian means to live as a thankful person. For the, next, for the last couple of weeks, we have looked at one passage, two short verses in Colossians. This is in Colossians 2, 6-7. The Apostle Paul, he uses the image of a tree to describe our faith. He described the roots and then the trunk and the fruit of a tree. He says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you were taught, and, and overflowing with thankfulness. It's an image of a vibrant tree. It has deep roots and a strong trunk, and it ends up, all of that pushes out into these leaves and into the fruit of the tree. And it's the image of our faith as a flourishing faith. It's been really helpful, not just we want to see that our faith doesn't just survive, but really thrives in the midst of the circumstances and life that we are living right now. So as Christians, we are rooted in Christ. It's all based on that. That's where we started week one. We said we need to have our roots in Christ and in nothing else, and we continue to get our nourishment from him. That's the basis of everything, that good soil in Christ. And then we talked about as our faith continues, it's built up and it's strengthened despite whatever may come at it. It needs to be ready to face the elements 
It's that sustaining builds up the strength of the tree built in the faith as we were taught. And now we get to this leaves and, and fruit of the tree. That's, that's the part we see where we understand. We can see that it is alive and vibrant. And it is the image that he gives is of thankfulness, uh, overflowing or abounding in thankfulness. So I, I don't think I need to convince you to be thankful. For a lot of us, I think that we know that that's kind of part of being a good citizen or like your mom told you to say thank you a lot of times. Uh, your mom already told you to do this. I don't think I need to convince you, but let's talk a little bit today about what it means to be abounding or overflowing in thankfulness. So here's where we're going to go today. We're going to look at two things that gratitude is, and then afterwards we're going to look at two ways that it comes out in our lives. All right, that's the direction that we're going this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, for your word that you give us as nourishment. May we be people who are reminded today about what thankfulness is, that we can think about how it can come out in our lives. We want to be abounding in thankfulness because of who you are, because of what you have done. We want to be strengthened in you, and walk in a faith that is vibrant. Help us to do that today. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right. So two things. First of all, we're going to talk about what gratitude is. Gratitude is a couple of things. It is, it is declarative and it is decisive. Uh, gratitude is declarative. It's a, it's a declaration. When we're, when we're thankful, we are saying something. To make a declaration is you are saying something to somebody else. I'm, I'm saying that this is what is true. And whether we like it or not, either being grateful or ungrateful, both of those are a declaration of something. How grateful we are declares what we really believe about God, what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about the world. And so the fruit of these branches is, is it shows whether we are actually rooted in Christ or strengthened in Christ. One quote I read this week says this, gratitude toward God is an indication that a person is spiritually alive, awake, alert. Habitual thankfulness toward God surely indicates a heart that loves and trusts God. We, we see what is in us by what comes out. We're declaring with our thankfulness. We're saying, hey, God's alive. God's working. So every Christian should be known for being particularly grateful. I don't know if that's always the case. But really, that should be the thing that comes out of us. That people would say, hey, you know, this person is so thankful. There must be something that they believe about God. Because that gratitude, that fruit on the end, all is connected to who we see Jesus to be. So gratitude is kind of the, it's the first step that we take in faith. Thank you, God, you gave this to me. And it, he says, as you began your faith in Christ, so walk in him. We're supposed to continue. It's supposed to be continuing our faith in the same way. So the, the, the faith that we have is a continuation of that thankfulness. We're declaring that God is good. God is, is here and that we're dependent on him. That's, that's a basic part of thankfulness. I will say, though, thankfulness and that declaration doesn't always have to be very serious. We declare that God is good in our lives, but sometimes he has to force us a little bit. Uh, maybe you're familiar with that footsteps drawing or painting that a lot of us have seen it hung in bathrooms. It's this fictional conversation between a person and Jesus where there are two sets of footprints. And he says, that's where Christ walked with us. And then where Jesus says, where there's one set of footprints, that's where I carried you, right? 
There's been a recent addition. Maybe you've seen this. There's some places where he says, yeah, there was, where there's one set of footsteps, that's where I walked with you. And, and oh, that long groove over there? Yeah, that's where I dragged you for a while. <laughs> okay, that's pretty funny. I love that. Christ has had to drag me sometimes to different places. I, I think that that's probably more what the footsteps would look like. There's more drag marks along the way. So even if we notice the grooves in the sand of our lives where Christ has dragged us, we can say that is, that's evidence of God's goodness to us. We can be thankful for those places. So the act of gratitude is declarative. We're declaring something about God, that God is the giver of all things. But thankfulness is also decisive. It, it's a decision that ends up directing our trajectory. When we choose gratitude, we are, we're choosing a specific path. When we choose gratitude, it will determine what kind of person we become. We, we know that being thankful is good, it's what we're supposed to do, but we don't often realize that ingratitude is, is inherently dangerous. So we need to decide on a few things. We need to make decisions. We need to decide on gratitude or else we're going to end up choosing self-centeredness. We, we may not always realize it, but being thankful is a decision that chooses humility over egocentrism. When we're, when we're grateful, we purposely remember that, hey, the world doesn't revolve around us. The classic case that we think about today is of like social media influencers, right? They are people who seem to think that they are entitled to free stuff or to interrupt other people or to get special treatment. But all of us can tend a little bit in that direction sometimes if we don't purposely choose gratitude. We're easily deluded into thinking that we are the main character in life but we're not. And if we get, if all of that is left unchecked, we will become insufferable. We don't need that. So let's, let's move with gratitude. Writer C.S. Lewis, he had some great insight on this. He says this, hell begins with a grumbling mood, always complaining, always blaming others, but you are still distinct from it. That's something over there. You may even criticize it in yourself and wish you could stop it, but there may come a day when you can no longer. Then there will be no you left to criticize the mood or even to enjoy it, but just to the grumble itself going on forever like a machine. It's not a question of God sending us to hell. It may be that in each of us there is something growing which will be hell unless it is nipped in the bud. And the way that we nip it in the bud is through gratitude, giving ourselves to God. All right, so we need to choose gratitude over self-centeredness. We need to choose gratitude as a sense of maturity over immaturity. There's a man named Sam Crabtree. He wrote a book called Practicing Thankfulness. If you want to check that one out, it's a nice short little book. Uh, and he makes the connection between gratitude as a decision for maturity. He says this, Thankfulness is neither trivial nor inconsequential. On this one quality pivots the difference between maturity and immaturity. So for us to be thankful is saying, hey, I'm, I'm not going to be a child. I, I'm going to be mature. I'm going to be a grown-up. I'm recognizing that I, I am thankful that somebody else did this for me. So let's make that choice. It's a decision. We need to decide on gratitude instead of bitterness. We don't often realize it, but when something happens to us, we have a decision that is made. Will I maintain a posture of gratitude, or will I become bitter? 
Because there are a lot of circumstances in our lives that could cause us to be bitter, a, a bitter circumstance that happens to us. We know people, you know people who have gone in that direction over time, who have become bitter. And we don't tend to become bitter in a moment. It tends to be something that grows with us. Bitterness is, is made by this slow fermentation in the darkness of our souls. It's this pain that we have that's left in the dark and never brought before God. And you might be in the midst of a situation right now that is really difficult. You've never faced anything this hard in your whole life. The question is, what is it going to do to you? If you don't choose to bring those things to God, it can, if you close in on yourself, begin to ferment and turn into bitterness. So we need to practice purposeful thankfulness. Can we even be thankful even in the midst of that situation? If you've been a Christian for a while, maybe you know the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And you may even know some of the background story behind that. This is the song that says, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. You know this one? So with that hymn actually is a really heartrending story. It was written by a guy named Horatio Spafford. Uh, he lived in, in, the 19, in the 19th century, 1828 to 1888. He was a lawyer and a businessman. Uh, he, his, he, had, he had started to make some money, then his fortune evaporated during the Chicago fire. He lived in Chicago. He had just put a bunch of money into building some things up on the Lake Michigan shoreline and lost everything really quickly. Uh, during that same time, he, he lost his son. To, to, uh, his son passed away as well. He's reeling from all these things. A couple years later, the worst was still to come for him. Feels a little bit like the story of Job. Uh, he had planned a European trip for himself. He uh, was going to go to Europe with his wife and his four daughters in 1873. And in November of that year, something came up. As they were just about to leave, he had a business thing. He needed to stay behind, and his wife and four daughters left. And they left on the SS, Ville, how, how do you say this in English? Ville du Havre? Ville du Havre, okay, in French. Um, Ville du Havre. So he, he planned to follow after them on this boat. Unfortunately, that boat was struck by another ship, and the, boat, and the ship sank in 12 minutes. 226 people died, and only 61 passengers and 26 crew members survived. Several days later, the one survivor from his family, Mrs. Spafford, the, his wife, sent a telegram to her husband that said, saved alone. So his four daughters had died. And uh, he, as quickly as he could, Spafford, he got on uh, a ship following after that, and he left to join his wife. And they say that when he, he came to the spot near where their ship was struck and sank and his daughters died, uh, this is where he began to compose this, song, this hymn. When sorrows like sea billows roll, he says, I faced all these things but it's well with my soul. The whole hymn started with a loss in the midst of his great loss. He says, God, where are you in this? Are you, are you still here? And he says, I, I need to look beyond. He says, he says, at some point, my faith will be sight. I'm going to be able to see 
my faith. It won't be something that I just believe, but I will see you face to face. But until then, he has to hold on and say, it is well with my soul. His life isn't okay, but his soul is. So it doesn't mean that if we're rooted in Christ that our life is going to go well or that, or that we're even going to feel okay. But it means that if we are rooted in Christ and strengthened in the faith, then we're not going to get blown over in life's circumstances. It means that we can live with some hope for tomorrow, that God still has some good things to come. And I want to say that, that has to be a choice. Because his circumstances didn't make him want to praise God. But he's now written a hymn that we're able to sing in the midst of our own difficulties and find hope. It's a choice that he made, so we have to decide. Because we're not immune to ingratitude. It doesn't matter how long we've been around. We are not immune to it. Sam Crabtree, the guy who wrote that book I mentioned, he says this, For we are all prone to be ungrateful. All a person has to do in order to be ungrateful is nothing. Thanklessness can creep up on us. We might even be good Thanksgiving theoreticians while remaining poor practitioners. So he's saying, hey, you can have a high value for being grateful. I think being grateful, being thankful is the best thing ever, but we don't ever do it. So we can have a high idea of it, but not end up doing it. And that can creep in on us really, really easily. And if we don't act, then we end up choosing inadvertently, maybe, the path of thanklessness, and it can creep up on us. All right, so those are the two things. Gratitude declares what we think about God, and it is decisive. It decides our path. Those are the things that it is. All right, what are, what's going to come out of us? It's a little bit briefer here. How is it going to come out of us? How is this rootedness in Christ, this strengthening in the faith, how is it supposed to come out in our life? And I, and I can think of a couple of ways. I can think of a lot of ways, but you don't want to hear all my ways. All right, let's think of a couple of them. All right, I think that God's this thankfulness, it bears fruit in us. God's work in our lives ends up bearing fruit in us through thankful worship. It's basically, we should be amazed in God. G.K. Chesterton said, I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. Gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. That we, We're happy, but not just happy, we're wondering, oh, this is amazing, God did this thing. That's, that our worship begins with wonder, having awe at what God has done and who he is. And we do that not because it's, it's a duty, it's because of we're, it's so amazing. Just recently, I watched, uh, re-watched the movie Saving Private Ryan. If you know the story, there's a group of men who are sent to go rescue a soldier named Ryan, and they go to get him. And at the end of the movie, when several of the people who had died in order to reach this man, uh, the main character, he says to Ryan, he says, earn this. As he's dying, he says, earn this. And it kind of plagues him that he's supposed to be a man who has earned what all these other people have done for him. And so he, I think he lives with this sense of duty from then on, and he does become a good man. It's wonderful. But that's not the message that the Christian gospel gives us. Christ doesn't tell us, earn this. He says, no, live in awe of this. This is given to you. We don't have to earn anything from God. 
We get to live in a life of worship. So the gratitude is a Christian virtue because it flows from our response to God's work. Not, not feeling like we owe him, but we're just thankful. Billy Graham said, a spirit of thankfulness is one of the most distinctive marks of a Christian whose heart is attuned to the Lord. If our heart is attuned to God, then, then the thankfulness is going to come out. That, that shows that we're rooted in Christ. So the storyline of all of our joy and happiness is ultimately connected to what God has done. If, if you're thankful for the air you breathe today, it's because God made you to be a person. He made there to be air. He made us so we can be people who can have life with him. And, and we declare that in worship to him. If we feel love, it's because God has put us in a world where he is love in the triune community, that he is, he is love itself. And we declare that he, we, have, we love because he first loved us. If we're grateful for mercy, we can see that, that God has given us mercy we don't deserve. So I, I think it's actually impossible for us to be really thankful for, to anything that's impersonal. We're thankful to God. You can't be thankful to the universe. Uh, at Thanksgiving, we know that millions of Americans are thankful. We're glad for people to be grateful. But it, ultimately, you have to be grateful to somebody, to a person who did something for you or to God who has provided this world to us. It, it's better than being a sourpuss. We don't want people who are like that. But in the end, it, it's empty just to be thankful to nothing, to chance. We're thankful to God. So God's work in us is supposed to bear fruit in us giving him praise, to be worship, worshipers. And the second one is this. God's work bears fruit in us by us making other people thankful to God. So beyond our own gratitude, we're supposed to be grateful to God, but we, we want to make other people grateful to God. That can be lots of different ways. The things that you do, you don't just take credit for it. We want, we want God to get the glory. We want people to realize, hey, it's not because I'm such a great person. It's because God has changed me, what, the work that God has done in me. We, we want to be able to help other people take steps of faith. I want to talk to them about what it means to live in a world where God is alive. So I can share my faith in not weird ways with other people. I want to talk to them about what it means to follow God. This is what it looks like for me in my own life, for me to be a dad today. This is what it looks like for me to be a person in Simi Valley, living my life, trying to follow Jesus. I want people to see how good God is, and I want them to give him praise. So I should do actions. I should do good works so that people will praise God. Not so that people like our church, not so that people think I'm cool, so that people love God. So we do good works so that God gets praise. And, and I want us to think about this. You know who was the best at this of all time? Jesus himself. Because the works that Jesus, not only did Jesus give the Father praise himself, the things that he did have caused people now, over 2,000 years later, to continue to give God praise. Christ's work himself, particularly his death and resurrection, which save us, but the fruit of his life is that people all around the world and throughout history since he's been here continue to give God praise. That is an amazing life. And if you want to have an amazing life, then you live in a way that follows Jesus. 
that gives God praise. You don't get the glory. That fades after a while. You can't do anything to make what he did better. And you can't try to top him. So let's just follow him. Do what he says. So the way that we respond, I think, is kind of interesting. We, we talked about what it is. And the way that we respond, it looks a little bit like us worshiping or us trying to help other people to worship God. That's the right way for us to respond. So it's interesting. He says, are we overflowing with thankfulness? Abounding in thankfulness. Not just thankful, but abounding in thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. And do, do you feel like you are overflowing? Not very often. <laughs> um, a cup can be filled, but not just filled. It's supposed to be filled to overflowing. We're supposed to be filled to overflowing. And really, here's the thing. God is more than one jar. Because God has the source of water. God is the source of life overflowing to us. We are not going to be overflowing unless we're connected to God. God wants us not just to be thankful, like a little bit thankful. Because oftentimes, I, I, I kind of am okay with just being a little bit thankful. You know what I did it today? Thank you, God. Thanks for that parking spot, God. It's awesome. I'm supposed to be overflowing with thankfulness, like a cup that overflows. There's enough for me and for other people. I'm thankful not just for me, but I'm thankful for you. I, I, I can be thankful that God is working through other churches in our area. Thank you, God, that people are coming to faith there. God, thank you for what you did in this person's life. I'm so thankful it's flowing off of me and onto other people. I want to overflow with thankfulness so much that it ends up changing not only my life, but that other people give praise to God as well. Let's have it be that way. Extra to spare. So, are you going to be thankful this week? Overflowing with thankfulness. Not just a little bit, but a lot more. So here's our challenge this week. I would like you to be thankful. Move toward overflowing with thankfulness. You know, it's hard to say even what that should touch. It should touch everything in our life. But let's, let's notch it up a little bit. Move toward overflowing thankfulness. So I think that's going to overflow into lots of areas of our life. If we are thankful people, don't you think that's going to change the way I interact with other people? The way that I, I go about my life at Target is going to shape the way that I, I talk to the people in my house. It's going to shape us. It's going to change us and for the good. All right, that is Colossians 2, 6-7 that we've been looking at. Next week, we're going to be starting a new series. If you have a study guide, it's just keep, keep flipping another couple pages. We start on page 25. We are going to be talking next week and starting a four-sermon series called Stuff Jesus Never Said. We're going to be taking some expressions that are common in the world around us, sometimes little truth statements that we accept without questioning, things like, well, you have to be true to yourself, right? God will never give you more than you can handle. As long as you're happy, that's what matters. And we're going to take those and see how they line up or don't line up with what Jesus said. Uh, we're going to see what Christ actually taught. And I think in the end, what we're going to find is that 
Christ's statements often demand much more of us. They're going to reveal darker truths about our hearts, and they're going to call on us to more radically trust in God, more than any of these other sayings ever could. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. I feel like that's kind of where it starts and where it ends. We thank you. We thank you that you, Lord, are the one who gave your life for us. You're the one who sustains us. You're the one who gives us a hope and a future. And we want to be people who are overflowing, abounding in thankfulness, to have enough not just for ourselves, but for other people. So Lord, may you get the glory. We want people to be thankful to you. May I begin by being somebody who thinks about you. So let's take a minute right now. I'd like for you to think of one thing that you are thankful for right now. Maybe, maybe even better if it is in a difficult situation. Maybe it's just that God didn't leave you alone in that situation. Maybe it's just that you're just here today. We thank you, Lord. You're the one who has done this. We, we want to decide to walk in the way of thankfulness because that's, that's the right response to life in Christ. May we be people who more and more abound in thankfulness. In Christ's name, amen.